So how can you tell the difference between destiny and coincidence? How, for instance, does one pass every coconut seller on the beach before stopping at the one who would become a lifetime friend? And if that seems like a long shot, how about him finding a tiny possession of yours that had been lost on the vast beach? Whether coincidence or destiny, it did not take you long to make a name for yourself. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange stories. So when I first arrived to Brazil, we had Fulbright orientation in Sao Paulo with our ETA, English Teaching Assistant cohort, where everything was wonderful, taken care of for us, all of our meals, we're speaking English with all these amazing, excited young people that um, were all about to get sent out all over Brazil. And about my second day into orientation, I see on the news that Vitoria, which is which would become my future home in Espiritu Santo, went on strike. This week, the last vendor on the beach, internationalizing the coconut menu, and an amazing find in the sand. Join us on a journey from Pennsylvania to Brazil and becoming a part of the community. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States, warts and all. These exchanges shaped who I am. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. Ooh, yes. Because our university was on strike, we had free time to get to know the city and explore a little bit. Hi, my name is Mary Nagel. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I was a 2017-2018 Fulbright English t- teaching assistant in Brazil. I was really surprised by kind of the lack of, you know, There weren't maps online to figure out the bus schedule. There weren't, you know, tourist centers to really figure it all out like we might have in in some of our cities in the United States. So I ended up just walking by myself um, to figure out where things were located. And and given that Vitoria is a coastal city, we would have these coconut booths essentially lining the beach. And these coconut stands are run by community members. And again, they're just selling coconut water um, to people working out or passing by on the beach. And so I walk all the way down into the beach to the last coconut vendor and I buy a coconut water and I sit there just, again, this is my first couple days, this is my first day in Brazil. I'm here and, and, and I'm doing it. can tell from my broken Portuguese that I'm obviously not Brazilian and yeah we we strike up a conversation and and that's the beginning of our friendship and and you know I didn't know anyone and I 
didn't have any friends. And so Danielle, who that's his name, that he was my, my contact to humans. And he, you know, knew that I was still learning and was really patient with me and trying to ask him questions about his family and that he was from Espiritu Santo. And those people are called Capishabas. So again, a whole different name, um, which is really exciting to, to have someone to talk to every day, especially in those first days when things were particularly difficult. The days turn into weeks, and as you know, Fulbright is for nine months, so you really are kind of establishing a role and a purpose within the community. So Daniel and I, right, we become friends, and I notice that his, um, what would you call it, your, the coconut menu options, whether, you know, you buy a cup or a gallon or a liter, um, it's in Portuguese, right? And so I asked him if he would be interested in internationalizing his coconut menu. And so, again, for... The next couple weeks after we talked, he had never learned English. He was never really interested, but he was located right across like the one big um, Hilton, you know, in, in the town or whatever. And so all the tourists in Vitoria would come by and, and I said, hey, you know, maybe we could make a menu. And, and he really loved that. forward a couple of weeks and, you know, an unfortunate reality of, of life for many Brazilians is um, the concern of safety and security. So unfortunately, walking home one night, I was robbed and my wallet was taken with my U.S. driver's license and, you know, my cell phone and the 20 reais that I had in my pocket. Crimes of opportunity happen everywhere around the world and Brazil is definitely no different than that. I was really devastated and and I you know that had never happened to me in the United States or in any of my other travels before and feeling kind of overwhelmed about what to do I walked back to the beach like I do just about every day and I saw Daniel and I told him what happened and then all of a sudden he pulls out of his pocket my driver's license overwhelmed and confused and he explained to me that they get there really really early I guess they open at 4 35 o'clock in the morning and they clean the beach before they get before they open their, their stands and I guess someone had thrown out my US driver's license realizing that this was not you know useful for them to them and and Daniel knew me and he asked for it back from one of the other guys that had collected it and and he saved it for me, and and that's when I realized that I was week two, week three when this happened. I was building a community in Brazil, and that the resilience of Brazilians, that the way they support each other when things like this happen, which 
you know, like I said, it unfortunately happens quite regularly. That's how they get through it, and that's how they wake up the next day and um, they push through despite all odds. And and that's one of the biggest things that I've taken away from my time in Brazil is is how important it is to help others and that you never know what someone's gone through, but if you can support others in the way that I was supported in my community in Brazil, that it's all going to turn out okay. Two Thirty Three is produced by the Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name is Christopher Worst. I'm the director of the Collaboratory. Twenty Two Thirty Three is named for Title Twenty Two, Chapter Thirty Three of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. In this episode, Mary Nagel told us about her experiences as a Fulbright English Teaching Assistant, or ETA, in Brazil. ETAs are sent around the world helping foreign English language teachers in their classrooms. For more about ECA exchange programs, including Fulbright ETAs, check out eca.state.gov. You can also write to us at ecacollaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. And we encourage you, strongly encourage you, to subscribe to 2233. You can do that wherever you find your podcasts. Special thanks this week to Mary for sharing her experiences. Manny Pereira did the interview, and I edited this episode. Featured music during Mary's segment was Brazil Bossa Nova by Les Elgert, Larry Elgert, and their orchestra. Bittersweet Samba by Herb Alpert's Tijuana Brass. Brazilian Summer by David Rose and his orchestra. And Samba de Una Nota So by orchestra Saxambistas Brasileiros. Music at the top of each episode is Sebastian by How the Night Came. And the end credit music is Two Pianos by Taguirlios. Until next time. <laughs>